You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is also brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Alan Lazard on the show today, Packers receiver and someone who I want to talk about in depth a little bit more And in fact, it was my plan, uh, irrespective of the fact that Lazard was going to be on the show today, to talk about the Packers receivers because of what happened on Sunday with the Chargers and the offense looking the way that it did. But first, I want to just let you know a quick bit of uh, shameless promotion. (laughs) So I write for a website called Packer Report, part of the CBS network, uh, formerly part of the 247 network. And they are launching a podcast with Gilbert Brown. Check that podcast out. Go subscribe. It's going to be twice a week. And I don't think it will take away too much time from your Locked on Packers listening enjoyment. But I just wanted to make you aware of it because I think it's going to be good. And uh, I am invested in the success of that website because I think a lot of the guys that, that I work with are great, including Ross, who is running the site. So... Uh, go uh, check that out, and uh, I, I think you will enjoy it there as well. Along with the work that we do, there is there is room for all of us in Packers Nation. There is room for all of these podcasts. There There is so much going on. I think Packer fans should feel really lucky to be a part of, not, not because Locked on Packers is anything great, but because Locked on Packers is part of a, a cadre, is part of Myriad, is part of a plethora of, of excellent, well, okay, now I'm tooting my own horn, but informative, hopefully, hopefully this show is informative, uh, content vehicles. I hate to be as, as vapid about it as, as that, but uh, that's, what, that's what we are. That's what a lot, a lot of these places are. But the point is to provide you with information and, and content that hopefully you find engaging. And so I think there's a lot of great stuff out there, and, and I think that will be great for you as well. There were a lot of Packer fans who were frustrated with what happened on Sunday, and certainly that is understandable. It was one of the worst offensive performances, uh, at least via yardage, that Aaron Rodgers has put together on an offense in his career. And Matt LaFleur mentioned again on Monday that part of the problem was they got out of phase and they got out of their game plan and didn't continue to play with balance. And he, he put it on himself. 
He said, look, this is my responsibility. And when it comes to the focus questions, he put that on himself too. And he said, look, no one broke curfew. I know that there was some speculation that Green Bay was out partying. There were, you know, uh, Twitter gets crazy with rumors. I, I don't even want to dignify those rumors because, you know, we, we, we don't have any actual evidence that it was partying or anything like that that caused the Packers to come in unfocused. Aaron Rodgers made it seem like, you know, he knew coming in that the preparation and the focus had not been there. And so, you know, that's something that this team is going to have to reckon with. They're going to have to figure that part of it out. The question that I think a lot of Packer fans are wondering is, well, do the Packers have enough offensively? You, you look at an offensive performance where the team struggles and you say, well, but they could have had Emmanuel Sanders. They could have had Mohamed Sanu. They could have made a deal at the trade deadline to get some of these receivers opportunities. And what I would say to that is, a couple things. Number one, the Packers do not rely solely on their receivers anymore to make plays in the passing game, and that is a good thing. The fact that they are able to use Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams as matchup nightmares for opposing teams is is a boon for this offense. It is a feature, not a bug. But when you go back, going back to the Lions game, all right, because they, they use Jones almost exclusively in the passing game, as, as the driving force of that Cowboys game. But since Alan Lazard has been a meaningful part of this offense, starting with the Lions game, he has actually led the Packers, at least their receivers, in targets. 15 of 18. 15 catches and 18 targets, a buck 93 and a touchdown. Leads receivers in yardage over that time. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 5 of 9 for a buck 85 and a touchdown. Jake Kumaro, 6 of 11 for 119 and a touchdown. All three of those guys have a passer rating when targeted over 120. 120 is really good. Really good. 122.9 is Kumaro's passer rating when targeted. Lazard's 129.7. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 137.5. Really, the only receiver who has not pulled his weight over the course of the season has been Geronimo Allison, and it's becoming increasingly clear that his role in this offense needs to be subverted in favor of guys like Alan Lazard and Jake Kumaro. He just, as a possession receiver, those other guys have been more consistent, they've been more reliable, and they've been healthier. And that stuff should matter. They have they have earned these opportunities, and, and Rodgers trusts them to make plays down the field. So when you have those receivers doing what they're doing, secondary targets who can make plays, now you have to ask the question, and this is something that was a big point of concern and and discussion and contention on Monday, and that is how does Devontae Adams work in all of this? And, you know, the basketball analogy is one that I've used in the past. You have to reintegrate your star scorer back into the offense. The other thing is Aaron Rodgers can't use him as a crutch. It it felt like at times Green Bay went away from some of the interesting, creative, you know, the motion and, and the receiver screens and the running back screens and get a running back in space and allow him to work. That it seemed like they went away from that and went back to, you know, again, to use the basketball analogy, ISO scoring. They said, okay, James Harden. Go cook. All right, Russell Westbrook, go get us a bucket. 
And Devontae Adams was the focal point of that. And and there are plenty of ways and reasons to do that. And and you look in the playoffs, there are plenty of instances where that is the way that you have to score. ISO scoring is is the game in the playoffs. And that's something that is gonna is gonna matter in the NFL playoffs as well. What Green Bay has to be able to do and what they have to find is that happy medium. They have to find uh, the Goldilocks zone of getting everyone involved in ways that makes the defense off balance and, and allows Aaron Rodgers to get through progressions while also taking maximal advantage of the things Devontae Adams does well in terms of winning his one-on-one matchup. And because he's going to consistently win that one-on-one matchup. But Rodgers cannot... And I, I'm not even saying he's been doing this. I'm not even saying he did it on Sunday, although there were a couple times it looked like in an effort to get the ball to Devontae, he passed up other opportunities to make plays. Without knowing for sure the context of those plays and what's going on there, you know, I can't be sure. I'm just telling you what I saw. It seemed like at times that in an effort to get Devontae Adams the ball, the offense did not always work the way that it should. And and Let's let's keep using the basketball analogy here. The Packers offense cannot turn into a hero ball offense because Devontae Adams is back. They have to find that balance. They have to continue to use their, their other matchup advantage weapons. They have to continue to use Aaron Jones. And it's not a coincidence that in the second half, the offense started to work when they got the ball to Alan Lazard and they got the ball to Jamal Williams in space. And they were able to create those kinds of mismatches. Alan Lazard can do that. Jamal Williams can do that. These other guys can can get open and make plays for you. So give them that opportunity. If if the lesson learned from the last month is, well, when Devontae gets back, he has to be the focal point again, then the, the wrong lessons are being learned here. Because what we saw was this is a team that doesn't need a number one target to dominate to dominate the offense. What they need is someone who on third and six can get open without play design help, who can just get open and do the thing. That's what Devontae Adams is. And in the red zone, they don't need to call a special play. They just can let Devontae get open. And they can they can say, okay, here's the play call, and we know that if it breaks down, 17 is going to be in the right spot at the right time to do the right thing. That's where he can be a killer. It doesn't have to be giving him 11 targets at the expense of the other guys. And all of the the get back on track game plan was get the ball to Devontae. And I think Matt LaFleur has to be better at making these adjustments on the fly. It's not just LaFleur, it's Rodgers as well. Because ultimately, he's the guy deciding where the ball goes. So it seems like... He has faith in Devontae in those situations. He's got faith, some level of faith in Jay Kumaro and Alan Lazard, Geronimo Allison a little bit. You know, this this is this is an important adjustment period. They have to get this part of it right because we haven't seen the offense in peak form, in peak balance, in peak gear with all their guys healthy. And it is going to take some time. And this is a good passing defense on Sunday that they're facing in the Carolina Panthers. Now they happen to be the worst run defense in football by DVOA. And so you expect, okay, a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Jamal Williams, a lot of play action and, and, and handle it that way. That, that 
removes the temptation to run your offense through Devontae Adams. And that is a good thing. This is not in any way to take away from the player that Devontae Adams is. This team can be a Super Bowl favorite. A Super Bowl favorite if the offense can hit its groove with Devontae Adams because given what we've seen over the last month, this offense without him is elite. With him, it could be the best group in football. And with Aaron Rodgers and a defense that can create sacks and create turnovers, that's going to be tough to beat, especially since we saw a team like New England is eminently vulnerable. They already beat the Chiefs, albeit without Mahomes. So, you know, this this team has the the capability out in front of it to get to a place that very few teams can, but they have to get there. And, you know, the, the, there's no guarantee that they will. And if you're having problems reaching your own peak performance, BlueChew.com can help. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed with BlueChew. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. All right, let's get to our interview with Alan Lazard. As I pointed out, he is, over the last month, the Packers' leading receiver, he is someone who I think has earned more opportunities in this offense, and I'm not saying that just because he's going to be on the show. Alan Lazard, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. And let's start with this. When the when the Packers signed you, I mean, that is now you've got a whole new experience where you've got to move from this new place. You're going back to the Midwest. At least it's sort of, yeah. a, you know, uh, an atmosphere you're maybe a little bit more familiar yeah. with. You get to Green Bay then. What is your first impression of of being with the Packers in a year where things did not go their way? Uh, those 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 two weeks that I had um, 
towards the end of the season last year, um, I, I knew it was a fresh start. And, you know, just mm-hmm. be able to be on the practice squad all year and just kind of just sitting back, waiting for my moment, waiting for my moment, and then never really having that come um, was another, like, humbling experience. But it also just taught me to have patience and to keep on working because when that opportunity comes and I do get a chance, I have to, I know that I have to capitalize it because everyone knows the NFL stands for not for long. And I knew that, especially being an undrafted guy, my, my odds are making it are very slim. So I just knew that when I got to Green Bay that I needed to be on laser focus every single day and make sure that I'm doing whatever I can to outwork anyone else who's trying to take my job. And then, you know, you were someone who I think for a lot of people, including QB1, jumped out right away in in the spring and, and obviously into training camp. What was different for you, do you think? Um, like I said, just a lot of that growing up part in Jacksonville, you know. Um, it took a while, for sure. But like you said, those DBs down there going against Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye every single day only made me better. Um especially Jalen. Um, in my eyes, I think he's the best corner in the league uh, as of now. But uh, just being able to go against him every single day, I started to get better and better. And I think, you know, that's definitely a, a part of my success is just be able to go against such a good talent every day. What is it like then when you get to, you know, you're you're going through the process, you make some, some plays in preseason, and then someone like Aaron Rodgers, it, sort of out of the blue, singles you out as someone who's having a great camp. Uh, yeah, that, for him to say that, um, those words that he said on their camp was obviously, you know, a um, pretty big moment. Um, just, you know, from for me as a little kid from Iowa, you know, um, not supposed to be here when I'm drafted and whatnot. And, and, you know, I'm in the back of the locker room. But for him to speak up on me, I think that just speaks volume of his character um and how much he he just wanted to you know show appreciation that he noticed on how much hard work i put in and what i could do to help this team i don't need you to say anything about blake bortles but or any of those quarterbacks in jacksonville but what were your impressions anything surprised you the first time you're catching some of those lasers from 12 um yeah, there's a there's a few passes that I caught like during camp where it, they were just different. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, the way that he throws the ball and how he just puts it right there in the most convenient place for you, especially when you're running a route and the defender's draped all over you, uh, what was pretty like I was like, oh, like this is this is why there's so much hype about this man and whatnot. It's because he was able to go out there and just make unbelievable throws day in and day out and and then so then you go through the preseason and and look i thought you had a great preseason uh and then you know the 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 final day comes what is that last day like when when you have to deal with cut down day uh obviously very frustrating um you know it's something that i thought that i had worked and earned uh but i also know the nature of this business and that at the end of the day, it is a business. And so they have to do whatever's best for them. And I, I knew that even though I did get cut, that, you know, like I said, since a little kid, I've always dreamed and always saw myself playing a professional sport, uh, especially in the NFL. And so I, I never lost hope or belief in myself. And it was just another opportunity. I just told myself that when I get my opportunity to be on an active 53, 
that I can't go back down to a few squad or cut. So let's talk about that opportunity because it comes against Detroit. And we, we have not heard details quite about what happened on the sideline. But there's there's been some hints at what happened that that you know Aaron Rodgers says, you know, get my guy an opportunity. How do you hear? Hey, you know, you're going in the game. What what happens there? Um, I, I knew. I think it was uh, he came to the sideline, whatever, and the coaches just came up to me just to let me know that I was coming in um, for the next series and whatnot. So, I mean, like I said, I had been preparing for this moment um, really since. I had got to the Green Bay back in December of last year. Um, mm-hmm. Something that, you know, I've definitely mentally um, visualized and prepared myself for um, so that in that moment that I was going to be able to make those plays that I ended up helping the team win. Yeah, everyone always says, you know, I prepare every week like I'm going to play. And that, you know, that's sort of the, the, the line that everyone goes to. But, but yeah. I mean, what is that like? Because you didn't have to do that in college. You prepared to play and then you played. So yeah. how do you make that leap from, from preparing to play and then not playing? Um, I think that was, that was a, a little bit part of the growing up part. Um, just realizing that, you know, like you said, in college, I was the receiver um, one for four years straight. Um, I never really had a sweat too much about losing my job or not getting the ball. Um, and so I, now I've started to switch over to the mindset of I need to go earn every single snap that I can get, whether it's a run player or a pass play. And especially the pass plays, whenever the ball comes to me, I got to be able to make a play. And, you know, I got to be able to do whatever I can to show these coaches that I deserve to be not only on the team, but on the field. And I can help this team win in multiple ways. So I, I, you had an interview with Larry McCarron after the Lions game, and you, you basically said, look, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by what happened. How do you immediately walk onto the field when you have a quarterback who is, is so um, persnickety about routes being run a certain way and, and so on guys to make sure they're always in the right places? How do you walk on the field and he immediately has faith in you to be where you're going to be to the point that he throws a ball to you when, I mean, I guess you were open because you caught it and it was a touchdown, <laughs> but I mean, it, how do you get to that place? Um, like I said, uh, it goes all the way back to December when I first got here, just knowing that, um, you know, when I first showed up in December last year, the season was pretty much over. There's two more weeks, and we knew that we were going to go to the playoffs. So I just started preparing to make sure that I left the best taste or, you know, the best image in not only my teammates and coaches, but, you know, the front office people as well um, for the for the end of the the year last year and then so when I came back just to build off that every single day and so like you said like for him to um call on my number at that point in the game um and to be able to go out there and make the play is just like I said it was just preparation over months and months of training um lots of lots of time of just visualizing uh, myself making plays uh you know it's something that I do every single day I talk to myself in my head a lot um of things that I want to do of you know, looks that I could be getting, uh, depending on what player it is and how I'm going to be able to make an adjustment if they do this or that. And just to be able to go out there and just be able to execute it no matter what happens. We're going to get back to Alan in just a second. But before we do, Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. 
Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. All right, back to Alan. How has, you mentioned Coach Hackett, how has he helped you prepare? How has he helped you prepare to prepare? Because, you know, if you're not preparing the right way, what's the what's the phrase? It's not practice make perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. How do you, how, do you, how did he help you uh, improve your whether it's your studying it's your route running I mean how did how has he helped you move forward I think he's just really dumbed down the complexity of <laughs> the NFL and yeah like he's just done like like I said oh he's just a tremendous teacher um he, he he's always doing something every single day um with his presentations whether it's uh third down goal line um gold zone uh, you know, he's always making his presentations very interesting and it, and it grabs your attention. So you, you don't have really much of a choice but to be fully engaged um, when he's talking. And I think he just does a, such a great job presenting and teaching, not only to me, but the, the other people too. And then they just explaining why he wants you to do this and the reasoning for it. Because sometimes um, I think that's, ends up when you don't do that that's what ends up having bad plays or misunderstanding is that when you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it it can often lead to confusion i mean do you think it you have uh, you talked so much about your preparation and the work that you've put in uh it, it just strikes me that 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 is one reason why aaron Rodgers seems to trust you implicitly and as soon as you're out there he trusts you do you think i mean that's that's part of it that he's just like, I see Alan putting in the work. I know he's going to be where he needs to be to the point where, you know, you come in and, and he trusts you to be where you need to be right away. Cause that's uncommon, especially in green Bay receivers do not have that sort of level of trust with Rogers right away. And you seem to get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, but like I said, it just goes back to December of just, you know, be, having laser, like seriously though, like just having, just being locked in every single day and just trying to prove to everyone, especially him, you know, obviously to get the amount of respect and high praise from him on that, you know, what he said to the media, but then also, like he said, you know, we sit, to, we sit next to each other in the uh, team meeting every single day. Um, and he's just also a great communicator and a great leader as well. So, I mean, going out there knowing that you got a future Hall of Fame quarterback it helps you calm down a little bit too, you know, <laughs> as long as I'm yeah. going out there, which is, you know, some, some guy who's getting his first start or, you know, that's fairly <laughs> new to the league. Um, so he's obviously been here before and he's done it with multiple receivers. So the way that I see it is that like other people have done it before. So like, why can't I, you know, I, I don't see too many other receivers that he's had before be um, uh, stupendously more talented or, you know, physically more athletic. Um, than me, and so you know, I, I I've seen him in the production that he's had over what fourteen some years, um. So I know that I can be a part of that too. And now for me, it's just to be um one of the one of the better guys that he's played with, you know, to make sure that you know I'm doing whatever I can to to help him as well. Yeah, and and I was going to ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought it up. I I will tell you that that the leaping grab that you made on the sidelines. I said on Twitter, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers has ever played with a guy who would have made that catch the way that you did, and maybe Devontae makes it. I don't want to take anything away from him, but the size, and the, I mean, when he throws that, are you going, oh, yeah, I can definitely get to this, or are you like, all right, let's see what I got? 
Oh, oh, I mean, every time, you know, he throws me the ball, like I said earlier, that's the mentality that I have is that I need to go get the ball one. And then two, I got to do whatever I can to, to get that ball in the end zone or at least, you know, get as much positive yards as possible. So he threw it up there. And, you know, if you really watch the clip, though, like I don't even jump as high as I can because I'm backpedaling. I really got like a right. quarter squat. So, like, <laughs> I, I know that. And, and really, I mean, you're I saying you got way. more in there. Oh, 100 percent, especially on game day, just having the juices flowing like that and whatnot. Um, I definitely can go up and get get a ball, um, given the circumstances, for sure. <laughs> All right. Last one. Do you know what your name autocorrects to on the iPhone? <laughs> lizard. <laughs> it's it's alien lizard, alien lizard. And Love so it. that has become a nickname for you on Twitter, especially among my colleagues and, and my friends. And so now it's like, you know, when you make a play, you got to throw the Godzilla gif up there because he's an alien yeah. lizard. <laughs> that is what, true. What do that you think? I, I like it. Dude. I, my favorite one right now is the Lizard Key. I've been okay. seeing that one on social media. So, um, And I think that there's going to be some apparel coming out with it too um, shortly in the near future. I like it. The the solid verbal guys said the the Duke of Hazard, Alan Lazard, like the Dukes of Hazard, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, especially Lazard. Lazard is such a unique name. It's kind of hard right. to like marry it up with anything else, you know. <laughs> well, we got to make sure that that you, you know the the announcers know how to pronounce it because it Absolutely. seems like it seems like maybe at first they didn't, but they do now. They, they and they'll get better at it more because they won't they won't get uh too dry of saying my name (laughs) (laughs) alright Alan I appreciate you taking the time man yeah no problem thanks Peter alright I want to thank Alan again for joining the show I I just that was an awesome conversation and I I think he is someone who can continue to be a major part of this offense someone who can I think eventually fill that Geronimo Allison role and and do so at a a higher level than than Gmo was I think that the Packers are erring in believing that that Allison can can give them more than Lazard can. I think in terms of underneath reliability, deep threat, Lazard just offers more. And and as a result, he should be the guy getting these snaps. I don't think Allison, even when healthy, should be out snapping Lazard. I think Lazard really is is the most intuitive option to be the second receiver at this point with MVS as the deep threat that makes the geometry of the offense work. So You know, we'll see what happens moving forward. Certainly, he has earned those opportunities. He continues to be productive. And I think when the Packers go back and look at the tape, they're going to continue to see a guy that that has has been doing the work that gets open and and takes advantage of the opportunities that he gets. Uh, Clearly, he's someone that has put in the work and and someone who has really grown. I mean, he he keeps talking about that couple weeks in, in December of last year where he just sort of learns what it means to be professional. So... It is something that is clearly carried over for him that he's taken, that, that he has allowed to push him and, and foster growth in him. And, and I think that is a mark of a, of a mature guy. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. And, and I think he's going to be a really good player in this league and can be for the Packers. I mean, you heard him say it. He wants to be one of the best receivers that Aaron Rodgers has thrown the ball to. He thinks he can be. And who am I to argue with him, to be honest? So. We'll see what happens with him from here. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Hell, follow Alan Lazard on Twitter. He's great SEO branding by him. It's just Alan, at Alan Lazard. So go go take advantage there. 
Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.